Welcome to the Drive Deeper Podcast, where we gather together on your morning commute to dive deeper into the scripture and give you a word to meditate on the rest of the day so that you can walk closely with the Lord during your busy week. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, some connections between David and the son of David. My mind stirred on this a bit in combination with the last passage in Luke 2 that we talked about and Jesus being born in the city of David. In addition to my son's absolute infatuation with the stories of David right now, it started with David and Goliath, but now it's spread to all of what his kid's Bible has to say about King David. And so as my wife was reading him the story of Samuel anointing him king, something really stood out to me in a way that hadn't previously. Jesus is not the first unlikely king from Bethlehem. David was exactly the same. Let's recall from 1 Samuel 16 exactly how this happens. As a result of Saul's disobedience, the Lord comes to Samuel and tells him, we're going to appoint a new king, and I'm going to send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king from his sons. And in verse 2, the Lord says, you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. And so Samuel goes there, he walks into the house, and it says this, He looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So Eliab comes before Samuel, and Samuel is confident this is the guy, which to me is really funny, because wasn't this the problem that the people just had with Saul? Saul was the people's king. He was taller than everybody else. He was this, he was that. He looked like the king that they thought they needed. And yet Samuel comes on over to Jesse's home and he sees Eliab and he says, this is him. It's got to be him. And yet the Lord corrects his thinking because he says, do not look on his appearance because I've rejected him. For what's important to me is different than what is important to man. The Lord sees not as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. 
So let's think about this really quick. David is the youngest among his brothers, the least among his brothers, and he's not even counted worthy to be considered as the one who might be king by his father. His father doesn't even think to call him in from the field because he assumes David will not be the one. This means that additionally, based on the mindset Samuel comes in with, David misses the mark on the expectations of both his father and of the prophet Samuel for who will be the right king. Well, of course it's not David. And yet David comes in and the Lord says to Samuel, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And so we see from this passage that the ones God chooses are often not the ones that people would assume he would choose. The Lord sees differently than men see. It's not based on the external appearance, but the internal commitment. David is a man who is after God's own heart, and so he is the right one to be chosen to follow the Lord and carry out his desires for him and his people. So as we bring this full circle in thinking about Jesus, the second unlikely king from Bethlehem and the greater king who arises from Bethlehem from the line of David it makes sense that he's exactly the same as his forefather. He had no external appearance or majesty that people would be attracted to him. Jesus took on flesh, and in doing so, he empties himself. Jesus empties himself by taking on flesh. He leaves behind him the glory that would make him clearly recognizable as a God. And people just see him as a normal human being. The religious leaders don't understand him. They reject him and push him to the side. The people do not recognize him. And yet, this makes sense. He is counted least among his brothers. He is more qualified than anybody else. And yet... Because of people's faulty expectations, he flies under the radar and is not even considered. So let this encourage you in a couple of ways. The first way is that we follow a king who was not recognized by his own people in his day. When people looked at him, they did not say, oh, the Lord's anointed. This has to be him. No, they rejected him, they despised him, they ridiculed him, they mocked him, they persecuted him, they killed him. So, as you walk through this life, as Paul says, there's not many wise, not many wealthy, not many mighty among us believers. And yet, if God's king, God's Messiah, God's Christ, was not the first pick in the draft by the religious leaders... We shouldn't expect anything different than that. God chooses the weak so that his power might be displayed more clearly. Because when we are weak, he is strong. He displays his strength 
in the midst of our weakness. God does not choose the most intellectual, but the infants of this world to come and know him. And so we don't need to be ashamed when there are people who are smarter than we are, who seem to have things more figured out than us. And we don't need to be ashamed when we are rejected by others. When we are not considered. And finally, we don't need to be ashamed when we're rejected by this world because we don't live up to their faulty expectations. The Lord has chosen you for a purpose. He has made you just the way you are to fulfill his purposes. And how he's made you might not live up to the expectations the world has. You might not check all the boxes on the world's standard list. But that's okay. You don't have to worry about that. Because you can trust that God has made you this way for a reason. You follow the suffering Savior, so you're going to be a suffering servant. You follow the rejected King, so don't be surprised when you are pushed to the side in the same way that he was. As Jesus and David were unlikely kings from Bethlehem, so too does God want to use you and me because honestly, we're probably the least likely that people would expect would be used by God. I know I certainly am. If you knew about my past history, you would know how unlikely of a servant of the Lord I am. And yet, just as God was most glorified by choosing what was right in his mind and not in the mind of men, so too is he glorified by choosing you and using you for his purposes, even though you, just like the unlikely king from Bethlehem, may be one of the most unlikely servants, but he will use you for his glory.